Hey guys, welcome to Bad Decisions, Good Choices. I'm Laura. I am solo this week. Mac is not here, unfortunately. I miss her. Um, I'm probably going to give her a call after this. Um, man, it's been a minute. Like always, this is, here we are. This is classic, right? Um, we're getting our shit together, you know? If I'm going to do a little life update, um, well, I kind of told you what happened in July, and then I went to AT, so the army is what happened to me, and that is what this episode is about. So, life updates. Uh, the world is still weird. We are still in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, my mental health is probably the worst it's ever been. Okay, I don't know about ever, but it's pretty bad right now. And, like, a lot of other people really are, too. You know, everyone's going through some shit and everyone is, you know, just trying to make it right now. So whenever you're talking to people, have a lot more empathy, um, have a lot more, um, I don't know, just kind of compassion and kindness. Like, try to help where you can. I have not, you know, I've been overextending myself and trying to help my friends and then you know, I went and did AT for three weeks and I was like, I am so tired. So last week was kind of me like spiraling, I guess, uh, for the last, um, fuck yeah, for like two weeks, I guess. I don't know. But like I said, we're all going through some shit. Here we are just trying to get through it. And I really want to talk about this because like I said, it's my story. It's a lot of people's stories and we are not alone. Um, I have personally talked to you in the last, I don't think I'm over exaggerating. I'm pretty sure I counted, uh, like five people I've personally talked to in the last two weeks that I've talked about, like, you know, I'm just dealing with some stuff and then, you know, I'm like, I don't feel good or I'm suicide. I, you know, I'm having suicidal thoughts and I'm like, well, like, you know, have you gotten into therapy or have you called a therapist? And I'm like, no, I should. And I'm like, go to therapy. I, I will be the first person to be like, go to therapy, go to therapy, go to fucking therapy. Um, at least that's a start. And a lot of people don't want to start there. And I know it sucks. You have to like, open up to a stranger about your feelings but the thing is they can't really tell anyone about it like they they literally can't they have to like you know try it they're trying to help you get to get over whatever it is in the way that your brain works if that makes any sense so real quick um next month september is suicide awareness uh national suicide awareness month so, or it's National Suicide Prevention Month. I'm sorry. So I'm going to spread um, some suicide awareness uh, tips and facts since apparently we're all going through it right now. So this uh, information is from AFSP.org, what to do when someone is at risk. It's the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And most of the suicide prevention websites kind of gave uh, these steps, but um, not necessarily in this order. But I like this order because I'll explain it as I go. Um, but 
the first thing it talks about is, um, you know, have an honest conversation with the person that you're worried about. Um, and then step number one is talking to them in private. And I think this is important because this is what's first. I think a lot of people get, you know, that you're in a group setting, you get it real, you know, you get worried, you start thinking about it because this person is like so off and you feel like, you know, you knee jerk reaction, you want to solve it right then. That is so terrifying to someone who is just, you know, trying to get someone to take a hint, but not be a burden to someone. And I, I don't even know, like, I don't know if any of this will really make sense because I've explained this before a lot to neurotypical people. And a lot of times they don't get that, but, um, just try to follow me, I guess. But talking to someone in private, like what, if someone pulls me to the side, I'm way more likely to open up to someone. If you know, you're going to pull me to the side instead of like calling me out for being suicidal in a group. That's kind of like, what the fuck, bro? So then the second thing you do is listen to their story. A lot of times people just like, you know, we're all caught up in our own shit. Like it is very easy to feel like you got left behind or you were you are alone or you are the only person going through something. I guarantee you, if this person cannot empathize with you, go find someone else. <laughs> that's, that's what I have to say. Some, there is someone else on this planet that can empathize with you. Um, your story does matter. Um, and someone does care about it. And I, I have to remind myself of that all the time. You know, like you are important and you are a valuable member uh, to your family, to your friends, to our society. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, you're probably valuable to me. So um, no, number three, tell them you care about them. I genuinely care about everyone that listens to this. And, you know, all the veterans that I've met and that are struggling and that are going through it, I don't think there is enough awareness for how bad uh, mental health care is within the VA within I mean I think they do their best to be honest with you I really I really think a lot of times they really try but government ran like uh, government ran anything is just <laughs> it's not efficient I think anyone I think that's a that's pretty common knowledge um, it's not good uh, I got very lucky I think with some of my therapists and some of the help that I received there and I'm very fortunate that it was at for free for me you know at, and not a lot of people um, have that so I'm telling you that there are people that care about you and um, that's the third step that you need to be um, you know, implementing in these conversations. Number four is asking directly if they're thinking about suicide. I'm pretty bad at this because like no one's really ever, I, that's not true. I've had people directly ask me, but when it happens, it's, it, it doesn't feel like a big deal. So I don't really remember how they did it. Cause I, you know, when you're in that kind of fog, you're in that like, God, I just want to die kind of mindset. It's, you're kind of just like, okay, someone understands how serious this is. Someone is actually seeing like, okay, I might kill myself. Like, I think that's, you know, it is a good um, step to have in there. So then number five is encouraging you to seek treatment or contacting a doctor or a therapist. I kind of follow I try to follow up with people a little like after um, I know I can't always but um, 
I try to make a point to reach out to them after and, you know, hey, like, did you did you do your homework? Did you call those people? Did you try to get into therapy? You know, it's at least a start, you know, even if you're on a waiting list, even if it's not for a couple of months, you know, just call and get the help that you need. My favorite kind of saying, I I got this, I think I've said this on this before, and I definitely did not, is not mine originally. It came from multiple places, I think, but your mental health is not always your fault, um, but it is your responsibility. So with that, number six is avoid debating the value of life, minimizing their problems, or giving advice. This is so fucking critical. <laughs> to the whole conversation. If you can get through all of those five steps with this person and then they still say, you know, but life isn't, you know, worth it or I don't know like what happens after this or, um, you know, I had a, f- a friend, I guess, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Anyways, I had a friend once that told me, you're gonna be okay. Like, like that. Every single time I was like, God, like, I fucking hate my life. He was just like, eh, you'll be fine. And, like, he wasn't wrong. That's the thing. Like, it's not that... It, it's just fucking insensitive, honestly. It's fucking insensitive. Um, minimizing somebody's emotional, mental pain. You guys, if you're neurotypical and have never gone through this, go... If you know someone with suicidal depression, ask them how it feels in their, like, darkest moments. Maybe, you know, have an open conversation. I tell it is the worst feeling because there's a little part of you inside of you that wants you to die, which is not a logical emotion, you know, but it goes against every survival instinct that we have, but it's still there and it still exists and you just, you cannot always get through it on your own and if you have help there's it increases your chances so much so with that you know don't don't debate the value of life don't minimize their issues and you don't really need to give advice here you know unless it's you're offering help don't give advice because these people are doing the best they can in these situations like well why don't you do this or why don't you do that i get that shit all the time i'm like I don't think that you guys, you guys in general, um, you know, whoever gives this kind of advice back, it's like, I don't always have that kind of energy. I almost never have that kind of energy. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in this situation. I've already thought about all this. I don't have the capacity. So unless you're going to help me do whatever advice you're giving me, please don't. Like, just don't. (laughs) Just let me get through it because I've been through this for years now. Um, yeah, so if someone is considering suicide, that's when you have to take them seriously. You stay with them, you remove weapons, and you get them help. Um, actual professional help, you know. Um, I, hold on, let me see what this number actually is. Yeah. Um, 273-8255. Um, it's 1-800-273-8255. It's, so 273-TALK is the kind of, uh, thing for it. So, you know, call them. There's a crisis text line, escort to mental health services or an emergency room. That's also valid. Um, usually people just need the honest conversation. Um, a lot of times I just felt like I was a burden, uh, to my friends. And, you know, cause like I said, we all got our own shit going on, but 
100% if anything I'm I might not be able to help you but I'm gonna be able to empathize with you at least I'm gonna be able to make you feel a little better by telling you you know I've been through this too it actually does help you know they used to think that talking about suicide increased thoughts of suicide but actually the opposite is true talking about suicide actually decreases your risk because it's like someone is helping you shoulder the burden is how it feels so on that thank you for coming to my ted talk guys (laughs) you didn't know you signed up for this but thanks for listening um so I hope you learned something I did. I just did some quick research. Um, things that I'm doing for my own mental health. Corinne and I are, man, we are, <laughs> we are struggling. So we're really trying to get on the come up. But um, I had to start a routine and I tried to, ooh, this sounds way better. I tried to start um, five things that make me a human every day because last week I got so depressed that I was trying to accomplish all these things and I wasn't getting anything done. So it was like, uh, <laughs> she, my friend Alex suggested because she does, hers are like, you know, drink water, move around somehow. So I was like, oh, that's, you know, I, I forget to eat. Um, that's kind of my thing. I forget to feed Rico. If you've ever seen him, he's perfectly fucking fine. Um, I always feed him extra, you know, but I, I just forget food. I forget basic necessities. And so when on days that I, you know, I have to check in with myself and like, okay, what am I, I have to be a lot more realistic with myself. Like, what am I actually capable of accomplishing today? Because otherwise I just, it's a cycle. I just get burnt out on trying to get my projects done. Um, So last week I focused on just doing these five things and they are moving around um, once a day so yoga walking watering plants lifting if I have the energy but you know make it as simple as you can was the advice I was given because you want you don't want to have to think about it it's like this is what you need to do to feel alive um, step outside so as I have water plants uh, sit on the porch and then Number three was find things that I'm grateful for. My Master Sergeant Rudder, I think I've talked about this before if I haven't, but he, we were in Afghanistan and he taught me, you know, hunt the good things. And I was like, there are no good things here. We're in Afghanistan, but there are always good things. Um, You know, my sister talks about literally having close to nothing, you know, being when she was homeless and... I, I'm, every day I'm like, you know, I still have a house. I'm still alive. Uh, my sister is here. Um, I have food in my fridge. That's more than a lot of people say. I, my problems are not, you know, anything huge, but whether or not they feel like it, I do have at least three things to be grateful for every day. And it does really help your mindset. Um, you know, a gratitude mindset is really, um, something I've thought I had for a while, but just in the last year, I've been so bitter, you know, about what um, what I'm doing and how life kind of fucked me, you know. So I'm like, what good things are there? Um, but I, I do have a lot to be grateful for. So I'm trying to, you know, change that mindset and, um, you know, hunt the good things. Uh, number four was take care of living things I'm responsible for. So myself, Rico, and my plants. 
mainly because, like I said, I was forgetting to eat and I was forgetting to feed Rico. And my mental health, it, you can see it in my plants. <laughs> when they start dying, they are... Um, I'm. It's because I'm, like, not okay. You know, I'm not getting up and doing the things I'm supposed to be doing for them, watering them and giving them the light they need. So, um, and then number five is doing one thing to kind of like treat myself a day. So yesterday I got ready, quote unquote, and then like, I really like baths and I was thinking like, I don't know, pizza today, I'm probably going to get pizza. So it's just little things. It's little things that, um, five things that are going to make me human and I need to do them for myself every day. And I'm starting there and I'm starting from baby steps. And I feel like it's really important to be open. And, uh, I don't know. I've gotten a lot of good feedback on being open and, uh, talking about this stuff, um, because it is important and no one really talks about it. And I know my life would have been a bajillion times fucking easier if someone had just told me like, Hey, you know, like, I don't know, told me and then helped me establish a routine in my life or I don't know. I don't know. It's on me. And so I'm fixing it. Um, and I'm trying to help you. So I hope you learned something from this. Here's my military advice for you, for all you vets that just sat through my mental health TED talk. I appreciate you. Um, I did 10 years so far. So right now, uh, or I guess I'm in my ninth year. It'll be 10 next summer. So, Cliff's Notes, I joined right out of high school. Um, I turned 18 in basic training. Crazy, I know. So, um, I was just ready to get out of the house. I was ready for the adventure. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. So, I was like, hey, need to, you know, get some college if I want it. And my granny was like, go to college. I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. So, I don't want to party out. I don't want to, I don't know. I was just like, "I, I need something else. So, I went. Um, to Fort Jackson for my basic training. I went to Arizona for my AIT. Then I was stationed in Fort Carson, Colorado at the 4th Infantry Division in at the division level. Uh, so I deployed with the G2 to Afghanistan um, in 13-14. Um, for all of you that deployed, I was at Kandahar Airfield. Uh, if you don't know anything about Kandahar Airfield, your fun fact of the day is there is a shit pond. Everyone who went to Kandahar Airfield breathed in turds. Literal fucking shit. You can see it on Google Maps. Kandahar Airfield, uh, and then zoom in on the big black shit pond that is the base. Um, you can see it. So, went there for a year oh danny's calling me hold on okay sorry i had to take a i had to take a call or silence it i'm gonna call her back um sorry danny uh but yeah that's my segue into the next part so after afghanistan i met this guy there um we later got engaged but we went back to colorado decided we were gonna be together moved to florida together i thought i wanted to go to school live by the beach and I did, but things did not work out with that guy. Um, another story for another time. And I moved back to Oklahoma, and I've been here ever since. So I joined um, the Florida Guard when I was in Florida. 
um, for a little bit, and then I came back, and also another story for another time. And then uh, I've been in the Oklahoma Guard since 2000, late 2015. Um, so yeah, I guess it's been almost five years um, with the 179. It's been really cool. Uh, I really like it, actually, more than active duty. I'm shocked to say that myself, but... Um, this is the only time, you know, I thought I was not going to re-enlist. So, uh, if you heard me talk anytime before May, I was dead set on getting out. But now here I am going on 10 years, going to hit 11 by the time my contract is up. So, you know, I say, uh, if you're thinking about joining, don't knock until you try it. Um, if you have questions, I have plenty of recruiter friends. This is the only free recruiting I will ever do for them um let me know that's it the the end okay so lessons learned military episode um these are all the lessons from my 10 years of all that shit uh rule number one so these are sergeant hensley's rules for military success rule number one don't be a fuck yes rule number one is don't be a fuck you're welcome. Uh, for a long time, this was the only rule. Uh, one of my soldiers took this rule and actually, uh, and I think it was a T-Mobile interview. They asked him, what was your favorite uh, advice you've ever been given? And that's, I'm pretty sure that's the, that's the rule he told them. So, I mean, it, it is the most applicable rule. It should be the only rule, but the other five just really like, narrow it down you know for like better guidance but a lot of it's on you just don't be a fuck um i think the implied tasks there are right place right time right attitude i think are the the three things right uniform holy shit like <laughs> you do those four things that's the easiest job in the fucking world they'll feed you and feed you and house you um I guess I should preface this with these opinions are not of the United States armies. Uh, <laughs> they are just mine and based on my experience. So don't take anything I say too seriously, but this is, this is my experience. It's good. Uh, <clears throat> number two, don't believe anything until it happens or until you do it yourself. This comes from a range of experiences, um, and stories, I think, but, you know, on our way, on my way to Afghanistan, I left probably like, I was probably on the way to Afghanistan for like three weeks. I was like, I think that's when I was like, you know, I, you can't even believe it until you get there. And I, I had heard that a couple of times. Like, even if your plane lands there, there were, you know, horror stories for your, you know, people getting on planes and then getting to the, uh, tarmac to get back home and then them being like sorry like we gotta we gotta turn you around you gotta go somewhere else uh you know you're not e your boots are not even on the ground your plane was there but it didn't happen so until it happens or until you do it yourself don't believe it um because it <laughs> it won't work <laughs> the military just changes so often is the best kind of controlled chaos um number three was not my rule but it is a good one, so I adopted it into the rules. Uh, it is trademarked for Sergeant Holly, or by Sergeant Holly. It does what it's told. 
So I was told that uh, Sergeant Hawley came up with this rule when he was in Bravo Company. And basically, it does what it's told, answers every question you could possibly have. So like, what time is PT, Sergeant? It does what it's told. And then they're like, Roger. And that's... You get what I'm saying? Okay. I, if you don't, let me know. It does what it's told. You can ask any question. You just need to do what you're told. Like, that's going to help you so much. There are times to ask questions. Most of the time, just do what you're told when you're told to do it and ask how high every time. Um, that's that's the best advice, truly. Sergeant Holly is uh, one of my very good friends. Very wise. Very wise person. Um, <laughs> love you, John. Uh, rule number four, uh, always have plausible deniability or don't get caught. This is so fucking important. Um, so many people get fucked up doing the wrong things at the wrong time with the wrong people in the wrong places. So the all encompassing rule here is always have Total deniability is preferable, but plausible is the bare minimum for this rule. Always have plausible deniability or don't get caught. Um, people get caught fucking the wrong person. People get caught drinking, drinking and driving. People get like, just, you shouldn't be doing any of that shit. Do not be a, that is rule number one. Don't be a fuck. So rule number four is for when you're being a fuck. That sometimes there are there are valid reasons to be a fuck. Not often, but there are some. But rule number four covers you all the time. Always have plausible deniability or don't get caught. Um, there is a barracks story. If you guys have not heard it, I really wasn't going to make this a long episode. So let me know if you guys want to hear it. Um, it's about Corrine sneaking into the barracks. Um and then there was a health and welfare inspection. So if I did tell, I'm pretty sure I told this story, but if I haven't, let me know that y'all want to hear it again with a, uh, ooh, what emoji. Uh, I would love a eagle, a bald eagle emoji. Um, and then just America flag emoji if you enjoy the episode. Uh, get at us on Twitter, Instagram. It's bdgc.podcast. This is in the middle of the episode, so I know that you're here. Um, yeah, and then let me know if you want to hear this barracks story or not, because it was pretty fucking wild. The barracks are a wild place. Um, I could probably have a whole segment on, like, barracks, like, barracks stories. Uh, and rule number five... Uh, is from Sergeant Blevins because one summer, there was only these four rules actually for a, a longer time than there was just rule number one, I think. And rule number five came because one year at Fort Chaffee, we had cleared the barracks and we sat outside all day because somebody fucked up the ammo. I'm pretty sure is what happened. Whatever happened, it was miserable. It was hot outside we couldn't stay in the barracks because we were trying to leave, but then they told us we might have to stay, and we were like, are you fucking kidding me? And then Sergeant Blevins looks at me and he says, okay, Sergeant Hensley, uh, we're adding a rule. Don't get fucked. And I was like, yes, how poetic. The first one will be don't be a fuck. The last one will be don't get fucked. 
Yeah. Did I say that right? The first one is don't be a fuck. The last one is don't get fucked. Yeah. Because you can follow all of the four rules from the beginning and the army will still find a way to fuck you. So, um, this one's kind of like a good luck, like a free for all. Um, do what you can to, uh, play the game, but, uh, don't get played. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so without saying anything more too inappropriate about the military, uh, <laughs> before I get myself in trouble, uh, I think that was, that's pretty much all in good fun. Um, my chain of command is really great. Uh, I really don't know that, like, people in my unit know that I do this and they do listen to this. So I'm like, people have started to ask about a military episode. So, uh, here we are. But that's, that's my rules for military success. It's gotten me this far. And well, I mean, you, you tell me if it's been good or not. I have no idea. I think it's, it's been a fucking ride though. Uh, so far, I think it's gone pretty well, though. I, I mean, I can't really, I can't complain too much. This is a, this is a really crazy, crazy career field to be in. So, um, I'm grateful for the things that it's taught me. I'm grateful for um, a lot of the people. Oh my god, I've met the best people. Military people are hilarious. Learn some acronyms so you can follow what they're saying. Is the funniest humor ever and it like I don't I honestly I was not even funny I was not a funny person until like I was in the military for an extended amount of time that's just what it is so um that's my advice that's my you know motivation I really hope you guys got something out of this um if you're feeling down hit me in my dms I will relate to you so hard (laughs) I am Killer B, K-I-L-L-E-R-B, just the letter, underscore Hensley, H-E-N-S-L-E-Y, um, on Instagram. And then our podcast Instagram, please go follow that one. It always has the podcast updates, but follow our lives because I think it makes the podcast a little more interesting. Uh, BDGC.podcast um, is on Instagram and then on Twitter is a little different. I don't know why. I was probably fucked up when I made this fucking Twitter. I didn't know what I was fucking doing. Sorry. I'm learning, okay? It's BDGC underscore podcast. Go tweet at me uh, that you listen to this, what your... when you listen to it, what your favorite part was, what your favorite rule is. Um, I really am still learning to use Twitter, so this is kind of like a new thing for me. I just post fucking bullshit i was excited that that i was like wow twitter had porn no like i don't i don't feel like i knew that i feel like i would have been on twitter a long time ago if someone had told me there was free porn on twitter but anyways uh yeah go follow us go follow mac mac loves you m-a-c-l-u-v-s-y-o-u um we will get back to you soon let us know what you want to hear about drop us an emoji drop us a dm let us know what you thought i love feedback um Until then, wash your hands, don't be a racist. Bye.